Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome everyone to The Distraction. We are back after a one week hiatus. I can't even call it a vacation. It was a hiatus. I am Jeremy Lambert. Joined as always, Joe Holbert. Joe, how you doing buddy? I'm good. Long time, no see. Well, I can't see you anyway, but you know, long, speaking to the audience, I also can't see. It's been a long time. You, Lots happened, I think. You cannot see my great uh, trim job that I did on my beard prior to the hiatus. I've gone. This is devastating. Yeah, you're gonna have to rewatch the video and, and <laughs> that's see not happening. I knew you were going there. That's not. I'll click on it for the view's sake, but there's no, you know. Yeah, just watch it and and give us the view at least. It'll have one view. Yeah, that'll help. help. Uh, This is the distraction here on Fightful.com. Everyone, check out Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulSelect.com, where you can get uh, early access to audio and columns and exclusive news that you can't find anywhere else. We have a guest. Kim, do you want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> My mother-in-law is. <laughs> this is our podcast, ladies and gentlemen, where people just I randomly. I was expecting the Japanese deathmatch legend to arrive. Then when you said we had a guest, I was very excited. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's also cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, check out fightfulselect.com for yeah exclusive news, audio, early access to columns, and if you don't know how this works, because the last episode we did was a. I don't want to say it was a train wreck, but it was it was different. We did we went off of formats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the word I'd use for it. Different. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a live show where we basically talked about the NBA trade deadline more than wrestling. My my favorite bit was just we were in the middle of talking about something, and then Andre Drummond got traded, and we just halted everything to talk about that. <laughs> I think actually the exact thing was I asked you for details on Sasha Banks' help and you, you stopped mid-sentence to tell me that John Henson had been moved in the deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was, a, that was an all-time distraction moment. We had a long run on this show and that was that stands out as a big moment. James Ennis getting traded for a second round was also uh, an interesting devastated one. you were. I was devastated, yeah. But, you know, we live and we learn. We move on, I guess, right? We're, we are back to our normal format this week, talking yep. all the wrestling that, that has happened this week and a little bit from the, the week that I missed. Um, the format works, as in we put five minutes on the clock, we discuss a certain topic for five minutes, we typically don't stick to that topic, we typically go over time, and it's our show, so that, that's how it works. <laughs> Yeah, there's no there's no strict time limits here, right? No. That'd be very, this show would we'd get nothing done if it was strict time limits. <laughs> Most of the discussion takes place at like the six minute mark of each topic, so yeah, that's, we'll, we'll get there in the end. Trust me. We're all we're all TV time remaining. We're gonna yeah. we have an overrun on everything, fortunately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what the war in it? We're Aiden's war. We always talk about this. Yeah, you know, we're we're for big numbers. The overruns important. <laughs> 
Uh, we're going to talk about the latest in AEW, WWE. I don't think we have any NWA to talk about this week. I think, no. it's, I think it's pretty strictly AEW, WWE stuff yeah. going on. They dominated the headlines this week. We are going to start with NXT. Joe doesn't know where we're starting, so this is a complete shock to him. We're going to start with NXT TakeOver Portland, the main mm. event, Joe. Yes. Adam Cole defeats Tommaso Ciampa to retain the NXT title. The big story coming out of this. Jonathan Gargano smacking Tommaso Ciampa with the NXT title, costing him the title, seemingly turning heel, and now we're we're back to Gargano and Ciampa. Where are you at on this feud? I, look, I have takes on this, but I'm going to do a distraction first. I'm going to turn it back to you as the host, and um, I want you to get your hot takes off, because I know that you have takes on this. You seem very fired up, so I want to, I want to give you the floor. And then I'll I'll use whatever you say and I'll you know I'll build upon it if I have to. But go, man. I'm, I want to see what you're saying. My take is that it's stupid. Oh, okay. It's, it's yeah. just dumb. <laughs> In what way? Like are you just you're not into it, obviously. I assume. No, but, I like... I watched it and I was I was just kind of baffled. Like Gargano is supposed to be the ultimate good. We like we've seen him as a heel. I think what what hurts it is they did the the bad heel turn a few years ago with he was the Alistair yeah. Black mystery attacker. And because we've already seen that, like this didn't have the same kind of impact that I think it could have had if that previous heel turn didn't p- take place. I understand the motivations that, uh, you know, so Ciampa took everything from him. So he's going to take everything from Ciampa. Like he waited for his opportunity to like really get his revenge. Like he, he had his revenge. Like, Ciampa's the one who got hurt. Wouldn't it make more sense if Ciampa just wins the title and then Gargano's like, hey, you know, we never finish things. And then, then yeah. we could just do a match. Instead, now he's not even going after the title. It's just He's just mad at this guy for no reason. Oh, I agree with you. The only thing I would say is that do you think the angle they did on NXT was like, are they going to try and go shades of grey with this? Because you know Ciampa was like a... He had the segment on NXT where he was like out of control and stuff. And is 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 the idea going to be that Champer isn't a good guy just because he got hurt? There's like a certain level of uncertainty as to who's good and who's bad in this. Or, is, or do we think it's just going to be Johnny Gargano is now evil and mean? I hope it's not that. You know, <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Yeah, Gargano wasn't on television. Yeah. This week, I assume he'll be back next week because Garg- or Trump is facing um, Austin Theory mm-hmm. next week. My whole issue with it is they clearly have Gargano and Ciampa positioned as like a Shawn Michaels, Triple H kind of thing. And that feud kind of sucked. Like, let's be honest. The the Shawn Michaels, Triple H rivalry, the the SummerSlam match was great. Everything after that, it was just so drawn out. Like, the matches weren't good. And I feel like we're reaching that point with Gargano and Ciampa now. Okay, well, first things first. Last week on Twitter, in, in my podcast absence, I needed some attention. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure I upset every Shawn Michaels fan in the world by doing AJ Styles comparisons, which I will not get into here, but I like that you backed me up in anti-Shawn Michaels talk, okay? Thank you very much, Jeremy. No, I, I pre- love Shawn Michaels. No, That's it's too late, Jeremy. You're on my side. <laughs> I appreciate it. But I think this turn is indicative of, like, a general WWE problem, right? Like... Surely some characters have to stand for something, man. Surely. I get that he has a reason to get back at Champer, as you said. There is logic to it. But, like, as a babyface, can't the story just be that, like, he's moved on? 
And instead, what you could do is like Adam Cole tries to get Johnny to, to seek redemption against Champer, and he's, he doesn't need to because he's a good guy. <laughs> he's a babyface, right? Like, I don't know. It feels like at this point there would be like nothing sacred, right? Anyone can turn at any point. Everyone like does that. They do. They love that. You know, good guy embraces the dark side stuff. They do this all the time, and it's like. You know, I was there when when they did the first match. Remember the first like the unsanctioned match they did in yeah. New Orleans. And like, I'm not going to say this ruins or changes it, but it does kind of like it. It alters the story when eventually the good and evil has switched places, right? Like, so if they do that, I'm totally out on this. And it, the thing is, as well is, is after that first match, they did it again twice in four months. So as well, it, it might have been two years ago, but. I've still seen these guys wrestle each other three times in like thirty minute matches. So to me this is kind of a indicative of their problem as far as presentation. It also is a little bit of NXT's top guys feeling kind of stale to me. That might just be a me thing, but this doesn't help at all. Um yeah, I'm not in on it. I thought Takeover was a great show. This that was the only criticism I had, I don't know about you. I, takeover was I mean, takeover rarely misses i'm with you on the top guys feeling stale i feel like we've seen gargano champa and cole main mm. event every single takeover for the past two years and that's probably a fact um i haven't looked at the the numbers or anything but i can't yeah. recall a takeover where one of those three guys were not in the main event um I'm just, I'm, I'm not sold on the, the Gargano heel turn because, I, again, my biggest problem is they, they did it a few years ago. If you don't do it a few years ago, this has more impact. But because you've already gone down this road, and then he just turned back, I don't even remember how he turned back babyface. That's what I was going to ask you, yeah. I, I know it's not professional to do this on, in the middle of a podcast, but legitimately, like, what was the, how did that story conclude? Did Champa just get injured and then we, I don't know what happened. Like, when did Johnny go to back to being Johnny Wrestling? I think I think it was in. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but he faced Black. I'm pretty sure he lost the Black, and then he kind of aligned with because that was in that weird period where they got called up to the main roster, and so he right. like aligned with Champa, and then they yeah. you know did their like they were about to do their feud um, going into to WrestleMania last year before Ciampa got hurt you know they did the the dusty classic thing and Gargano did the the turn I guess and oh yeah was, like they did the yeah, yeah yeah and like that was the baby face turn so okay. what I just Gargano's promo whenever it happens is gonna have to be amazing it, it's gonna okay. have to tie up a lot of loose ends what are the chances that Gargano's promo is such a non-factor skew that we don't ever talk about this angle again because it feels pretty <laughs> high right now, to be honest. It's going to be the you people promo. Yeah, it probably will be. Yeah, and then there'll be like a hundred wrestle talk accounts that like gif it and be like, wow, bro, this is some layered storytelling. You know, <laughs> we're, we're just sitting here like, ain't talking about it. It's fine. You guys enjoy it, you know? Uh, yeah, um, TakeOver was a good show. At least there's that. Are you are you in on the criticism that every takeover feels the same at this point? I mean, I've not watched enough of the last like six to say that. What I will say is, I saw a lot of criticism of like like every match is like twenty five false finishes, and I actually watched it and didn't think that was a problem personally. I thought each match had its own style, right? Like, the, I loved Gargano and Balor. I feel like I'm the only one who loved this match as much as I did, but that was like to me totally different in pace than even the main event the main event was a little long 
I don't know if you need to do that many finishing kickouts, but yeah, I, I guess it's difficult, right? Because you're you're at the end of the day, NXT is built on in ring, and these are five match shows, and this was a six match show, and it's like. But man, they're doing everything they can do in the book to make it exciting. I don't know. I, I'm hesitant to be critical of it just being samey because it's like they are still great shows. You know, I feel at that point I'm just being harsh on NXT. But it was a common criticism, right? People are starting to like they're a little bit like longer leash with being critical of NXT. It feels like nowadays. Yeah, people are criticizing really the 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 finisher kickout stuff, and it's something. Mm. I've complained about in the past, but as I told you on the the first week of this podcast show, the business the business has changed to where yeah. the the finisher kick out stuff is just more accepted nowadays. Like yeah. you look at the the Lee and Dijakovic match, and like wow. anything could have ended that match, and yet these guys are kicking out of top rope destroyers and stuff. And it's like it okay. does like it does have an impact when in the women's title match, like Rhea Ripley, it's her finish, and like the crowd's like nope that's not the finish and she's pins her it's like oh wow that was the finish that's when it actually is impactful right like when one match decides not to do it and ends and everyone's just like oh man I thought we had another 15 minutes of cool moves that's that's when it's a problem but that happens you know NXT is what it is at this point I don't want to like rag on the fact that I don't love it it has an audience that loves it it's kind of niche I feel you know them guys again. looks like they're going to be there for a long I don't think Gargano and Tempera are leaving personally so just enjoy Chumpa, it, man. Chumpa, Settle up. I definitely don't think is because he said many times that his neck and his body can't really handle that WWE schedule of live events and whatnot. Gargano, there's talk. Um, I don't know where Whoa. it's come from. There, there's talk on on Did the. You just drop a sources say <laughs> there's a talk on the, the yeah sources on Twitter. Which, oh, oh, oh. that's that, those are the sources. Okay. Random okay. people on Twitter have, have talked about the idea that Gargano could be moving on, but I, it hasn't come from anything like credible. So, no Ringside News don't report that. The fightful <laughs> wrestling writer Jeremy Lambert says there's talk of Gargano. There's talk, up. yeah. That'd, that'd be strong. That'd be a big moment for this podcast, to be honest. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was enough about NXT not being great, right? That was enough. <laughs> but just let them be. They enjoy themselves. God bless them. Uh, let's move on to WWE Raw. Randall Orton <laughs> killed, deleted, however you want to say it, Matthew Hardy on this past episode of Raw. Hardy's contract comes up at the end of uh, this month and a lot of speculation on where he's going to go. What do you make of uh, the, this angle and just how Orton has been portrayed since uh, Edge's return? Not missed yet, man. They've not missed yet. I know everyone, every time they do something good, there's like a contingent of fans that's like, just wait, it's going to go wrong. <laughs> Thus far, they've nailed it, right? Matt was great in these segments. Um, Randy killed him like four times in two weeks. I am I love this. I, I'm excited for the match eventually. I think I am anyway. I hope it isn't, you know, what I think. <laughs> we all have this in the back of our mind where we're like, man, I hope Randy doesn't grab a hold two minutes in that match. <laughs> like, I, and I, I mean that in all sincerity. I, I love Randy, but there's times where... Wouldn't it make sense in this one, though? Like, if he's working the neck of Edge? It depends how he's doing it, right? Like, if Edge is going crazy and he just cuts him off and has to slam down, it's like, okay, I can get into that. But if they just, you know, start locking up, and go, <laughs> then, I, then I'll struggle more with it. But um, this, this all, you know, the, I think it's the best stuff on Raw, right? Because the Kevin Owens-Seth stuff is... 
long. It's good. It's good, but it's like it's long. Yeah, we've been there now, right? We've been like, feuding this... for eight months now. Yeah, and this week on Raw, when it was the main event, I was like, "So, like, does anything you know happen? It's just another week of like tag wrestling main event. It's just fine." But this is the best stuff on Raw, which is, I think, WWE's best show for me. Anyway, it's the one I enjoy most. But it is three hours, and that is just a problem. But Randy's great. It's some of the best stuff I think he's ever done, character-wise. Him suddenly establishing that he can legitimately act at this point in his career is an incredible development. No one's talking about it. Uh, Matt was great. Everyone won. This was a good use of Matt before he you know, bid farewell, right? I assume he'll be back next week for a no-holds-barred match in a, in a cage, and then Randy can kill him again. And then, you know, and then... Then we can all say, like, thank you, Matt Post, and he'll be back the next week after that, like Ambrose was. <laughs> Remember, that was great, right? Ambrose had, like, eight sign-offs. I sent him off 12 times. Then Drew McIntyre beat him, like, six weeks in a row in street fights. It was amazing stuff. This could be the... Next week would be the last week for Matt because his, his contract is up. Um, handshake handshake deal for another match. Handshake right? deal. He's on the ROH deal. Just keep <laughs> yeah, doing handshake yeah. deals. They're going to make him a booker. Uh have them have them book NXT with with Sean and and Hunter down there. Um, yeah, I, it's really good stuff. It, it's the best thing on Raw. I'm with you on that. On Rollins and Joe or Rollins and Owens, have they had a one on one match? No, I assume it's WrestleMania at this point, right? I feel Did like I that. I feel like that should be a big deal. Like they've been building this for it's not eight months. <laughs> it really doesn't feel like it because they've done the the same tag team match for. For all of these eight months now, it's like I've seen these. Yeah. Guys, I feel like I've seen these guys wrestle a hundred times, even though they've never wrestled one on one. This is where I think I sometimes wonder if it's a me or like a, like a we're too close to it thing, because I do feel that way about pretty much every main roster match among like full time guys. There's very few matches you can throw at me. I'm like, okay, I'm excited because when you do so many matches on TV, like I've seen Owens and Seth wrestle. Quite a bit, I feel, right? I think I have. Yeah. In singles matches um, in past years. So I'm not going to be excited. It's also the kind of match that, and this is not a reflection of them whatsoever, but it's the kind of match that on a WrestleMania card could just die. Like it could be put in the middle of the card, and by the time it, cu- it comes, everyone's like, you know, not really, not really with it. Because that has happened to bigger matches than Seth and Kevin at WrestleMania, right? Uh, yeah. It's not, it's not great, but it's getting, like, it's a great spot for AOP and Buddy, right? So that's a positive. I think it's helping the, the uh What are the they going to do, though? They're, they're just going to be in the, the Battle Royal, probably. Unless there's, like, a wacky tag awaiting us. I don't know. Unless there's some kind of weird idea that's cooking up. I get. I mean, yeah. you could put the titles on the Street Profits at Super Showdown and then do... A multi-man tag team match at at, uh, at WrestleMania with AOP Viking Raiders mm-hmm. Street Profits. I don't know where that leaves Buddy. Buddy's. I mean, there's like the there's a handful of guys on <laughs> yeah in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> like Sasha Banks. You mean? Um, <laughs> there's a handful of guys on Raw that could like they would benefit from some kind of awful ladder match in which everyone tries to seriously damage themselves, right? Oh, there you go. Put Buddy um, in that. Who's the... Yeah. Oh, Andrade is the US champion. Yeah. I, com- I completely forgot that he existed since so he... They're both in it, right? Yeah. Humberto, Ray... I'm missing people. Uh, Ricochet. Garza. 
Yeah, there you go. That works, right? All right, I'm I'm fine with this idea. Just throw them yeah. all in a ladder. That's definitely match. not my idea, by the way. So <laughs> that's me. Whoever said that to me, I'm sorry. I just stole your idea live on air. Sorry, pal. We're not live, but you know, live to tape, like like the good old days of pro wrestling. You know. <laughs> uh, let's let's stick with Raw and let's go on to Shayna Baszler and this women's uh, elimination chamber match. Look, Baszler's gonna win this women's elimination chamber match. We don't Whoa. need to. <laughs> I've been told that Shayna Baszler is going to win this women's elimination chamber match. You shouldn't spoil stuff on the air, man. People might not, you know. There's someone out there right now who's just, they were waiting for Sarah Logan to get her moment, you know. (laughs) You've just come in with inside sources and ruined all of the anticipation for them, you know. The funny thing is someone, like, someone's going to actually report, like, oh, Shayna's going to win this match, and they're going to pass it off as, like, it's this legitimate thing that they've been told when it's really just logic. We'll leave that at someone, too, right? There's a few names. We'll leave it at someone for now, yeah. There is, there's a few people, actually, that will do that, definitely. I don't name names on this podcast. No. I protect my sources and my enemies, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Shannon Baszler appeared on Raw and bit Becky Lynch. <laughs> we got to talk about this biting show. <laughs> what were your thoughts when you saw Shayna uh, take a bite out of Becky? Like, I don't know, right? I mean, like, sure. That's my rest. Sure, <laughs> man. I don't know. Everyone knew Shayna was like, this is the problem with when you're this close to it. Is that I knew Shayna was going to be there. Sources said, and uh, she was going to attack Becky. So at that point, you need to do something wacky to get me excited. I don't know if this worked, but it definitely made me like think twice about it. I didn't just move on. Yeah, I mean, that's one way of putting it. What I will say is I thought the post-bite stuff, which is an incredible phrase, the post-bite stuff was not so good. No, no, that sucked. (laughs) Okay, good. I didn't know this was about... When I was watching it, I was thinking to myself... God, I hope this isn't that stuff that everyone thinks is really great character work and I'm just missing the boat on it. Like, I just didn't get it at all. Uh, but the bite was fun. And then this week she had that promo where she she said something. What did she say that was like a... Was like a she said something edgy. She's going to tear the living shit out of her. That was it. Right. And no one really reacted, which was a shame. But there you go. I don't know. Are you excited about this match, Jeremy? Honest, Honestly? I like the bite stuff. I'm with you that, all right, I don't need Becky driving herself to the hospital and then coming back and then cutting this promo. Like, what what was the point of all that? I thought the biting stuff was awesome and the visual was great. And people were saying, oh, she's a vampire now. Like, why do you have to be a vampire to bite somebody? Mike Tyson bit a dude's ear off in the middle of a fight. Like, no one called Mike Tyson a vampire. They called him a crazy person. Yeah, like that, that's yeah. what Shayna Baszler is portrayed as to me. She's a crazy person, so that's fine. Um, yeah, the 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 medical facility stuff was was nonsense. This week was a little bit better. I what I don't get is I understand why they're doing the chamber match of okay, well this is how Becky gets her opponent. It is very telegraphed. I would rather just Becky be like, you know what, whatever, just. Shane is getting her title. Like Shayna won the Survivor Series match. Mm-hmm. We have unfinished business. Like let's just do this match. Like you're kind of just doing this elimination chamber match because you feel you have to do an elimination chamber match. But why? Why doesn't Becky just defend the title in elimination chamber and Shane is in the chamber match? I don't understand. Why did? When did she not? When did champs not defend their title in the chamber? I legitimately have no idea why this is happening. Like, why defended her title like? three times over the past year i just i don't get because i would then 
then you'd have like intrigue as to what happens with Shayna and Becky, right? I don't, I don't understand why we can't have the title in there. But, well, who, um, who are you taking out if you're putting Becky in? Take your pick, Jeremy. Take, <laughs> How look dare around, you? Look around and say, okay, which one? I mean, look, I like some of them, but it's not like... SmackDown's division is actually set up much better for a chamber, which is definitely the best part of all of this, right? SmackDown has like eight women that are on TV a certain amount. The Liv and Ruby stuff is... It's fine. I mean, the promo this week wasn't the best. It's but, bad. Don't say it's okay. fine. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I don't like to because I don't think it is bad because of them per se. I think it could be fine, but it's very prelim, isn't it? Because it's like it's the aftermath of the Riot Squad, and it's like okay. I mean, I like the Riot Squad, but they just lost a lot. It wasn't like a big deal to me. But yeah, okay, it's bad. I agree with you. <laughs> it's the problem with the the Live and Ruby stuff is like Live comes out. I'm not over the fact that. Just Liv and Lana had a love relationship, and it was not explained at all. Like it went absolutely nowhere. Yeah, that was not great. That she, was not great. She came out and she's like, "Yeah, we're lovers," and there was no backstory behind it. And now Rusev is teaming with Umberto Carrillo. What's the deal? Why is Kyrie saying not in this match? I don't know if they're still worried about her with the concussion or like that's the only reason I can come up with. Like she's wrestled on live events since that yeah. match. Um that's that's really the only reason I can come up with is they're trying to protect her be because of the the injury, the the recent injury history with her. I I don't have another valid reason on why she's not in this match. I mean Sarah Logan is in there for some form of Riot Squad yes. visual. So I guess at that point, that's why she's not in it, maybe. I don't know. I have, I have no idea. Look, this is this is not me being mean, but I would argue on talent, on like stature and star power, this has got to be one of the weaker chambers, right? That's fair, isn't it? I'm not yeah. going to be cancelled for that, right, Jeremy? <laughs> I can say that. I think it's. I think a lot of these women are talented and capable, but in this particular moment, when you combine the lack of star power with the obvious result, this is not a particularly strong match to me, anyway. You know? The women's tag team title match at Mania is going to be Oscar and Kyrie against Liv and Logan and, and Ruby and Lana. Get excited, Joe! Wow. That's something. That's something, man. Because I was, <laughs> I was pretty sure you were going to say, Kabuki Warriors, Beth and Natalia, Alexa and Nikki, and I was like, but you went, you went way, way. <laughs> they're going to have to do. They're going to have to do a lot of like groundwork to to make it. I mean, they'll just divas of doom can just come out and be like, hey, we want a title shot, and Oscar can. Uh, talk their, talk our shit, and they'll they'll set it up. But like Alexa and Nikki are in a completely separate brand. Yeah, but do you remember like last year? So I don't look. I can't believe I'm actually talking women's title history now, women's tag title history. But <laughs> last year, Sasha and Bailey were in a feud with Nia and Tamina, yes. who then got in a feud with Beth and Natty. But then the Iconics were just like, we want in. And then, so that, that's all this the uh, Alexa and, and Nikki are just gonna be like, hey, they're gonna show up on Raw yes. one week and be like, hey, we won in this. Listen, I know that we all like Beth Phoenix, but I'm I'm telling you now that they'll they'll I'll not be happy if this they've not wrestled for tag titles since they lost them, Jeremy. What am I waiting for here, man? 
this is just, we're just doing like talk show segments every week. Well, this is the problem is I actually want to care about these titles and they just won't let me. They refuse to let me no, care about these they... titles. It's such a shame. I actually genuinely want to care and they won't let me. They just don't want me to. They they really won't let you. Um, let's uh, Good transition, Joe. Let's talk about uh, Moment of Bliss. Special guest this week, the Bella Twins. Joe, I know you've got thoughts on Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross hosting the Bella Twins on SmackDown. I'm glad you think I have faults because I have not. <laughs> this yet. is what the world has been waiting for. Yeah, I mean, I only knew about this when you messaged me about That's it, and then true. what I saw afterwards was I saw like you know on on Twitter you have the tweets you may have missed like section. Your tweet was there of what's on distraction, and then there was an extra tweet of also maybe Nikki Cross, and I was like, what what am I what am I expected to say about this? I don't know, but um, you're you're I, legitimately when I messaged you of hey we can talk about uh moment of bliss it was i also had no idea what bella's bliss means which suggests i either miss smackdown again or it's an announcement for tomorrow's episode <laughs> when you when you first said it i typed it on twitter and it was like oh they're setting up a match at wrestlemania and then i was like oh no that's not what's happening at all i, I was i totally forgot about the recent news they were both pregnant so i was expecting like some sort of angle to be shot i assume there will be no angle shot jeremy um I think, in the interest of fairness, we should use this time to start a dialogue about the moment of this. Because, listen, it's all fun and games. It's easy for me to sit here and take, make fun of, you know, Liv Morgan's Raw promo or whatever, but I have to be honest face. This talk show segment's not very good. And I, and I don't know why it's not good. Well, I do know why it's not good. It's, it's very badly written every week. But... I don't understand the point of it being her talk show if she just does, like, bad dialogue for a minute and then introduces her guest and just sits there while they cut a promo. Like, I don't... Like, the whole point of giving someone a talk show is they're a good enough promo to, like, carry a back-and-forth promo, right? That's the idea of it, I assume. And the only time she's ever done that on there was the one with Bailey that was, like, actually good. So I don't know what we're doing with this segment anymore. But in this case, Hall of Fame for the Bellas, I assume... Good, good for them, man. I haven't got any hot takes on them being in the Hall of Fame. Like, of course they're going to be Hall of Fame. But I am happy to start a dialogue about a moment of bliss. I don't know if you want to add to that, Jeremy, or just let me suffer for it. But I am willing to let some people take shots about it. I'm just going to be honest, okay? Here's what's going to happen with this talk show. At 9 a.m. tomorrow, The Wrap is going to exclusively report that the Bella Twins are going into the WWE Hall of Fame. And then on maybe Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated might have that exclusive report. Okay. And then on SmackDown, Bliss and Cross will talk to the Bellas about the Hall of Fame, the new season of Total Bellas, being pregnant at the same time, and that's going to be the end of the segment. And no one will remember it. Yeah, I mean... They're in a... This is the thing, okay? And we can make this into a wider conversation. Like, is anyone ever going to write a book or make a documentary about the blockbuster trade that <laughs> sent Alexa and Nikki to do absolutely nothing on SmackDown? Because pretty obviously there is a dilemma where creatively they look at it and are like, they need to be on TV. Like, they make an effort to get them on TV. I'm not here to do the, like, creative sucks, you know? I'm not doing that. Honestly, I understand the situation. It's difficult. But why move them from Raw to begin with? I I have no clue what the point of this was. Like, they've gone to SmackDown to wrestle Fire and Desire 12 times. What are we doing here? I don't I don't understand what we've gained from this blockbuster trade. I mean, they gained literally nothing. So I don't know what 
what's happened. I don't get the point of this. What would they be doing on Raw if they were on Raw? Well, if they just wrestled the Kabuki Warriors every week, it would still be better than wrestling Fire and Desire every week, right? Like that's that's fair. You know, like if you look at Raw's division, to me, it's very. The difficulty is, is that you can't really have the Kabuki Warriors and Bliss Cross on the same because it makes it kind of too like top heavy, I think. So I guess that's why they split them. But the rest of the division's so unbalanced, right? But you, you need, has a lot of baby faces. You need tag team. There's no Raw tag teams. Like yes. none. Like this is why I, I jokingly said like Liv and uh Sarah Logan, who yeah. used to be a tag team, and Lana <laughs> and um Ruby Riot, who are kind of sorta connected just because the Liv I don't I don't know. Like they these aren't actual teams though. Like they paired up Charlotte and Becky to feud with the Kabuki Warriors because they had no actual tag teams on Raw. Mm. So they're like, here, let's just pair up Charlotte and Becky for this feud. Yeah, and it's, it is frustrating because when, you know, when they did the title change and they turned the Kabuki Warriors heel, they did the mist and all that good stuff. And then the next night, Alexa and Nikki run them off and it was like, this appears to be a feud. <laughs> like, I think this is going to be a feud. And then Alexa goes out, gets hurt, whatever happened. And then um, fast forward four months and since they wrestled in the main event of TLC, them tag titles have not been, they've just not been a thing, right? Like, the, no one, there was one mention of them, they spoke about them a couple of weeks ago when Electra and Nikki beat uh, Fire and Desire in their seventh match. And uh, there was a mention of, like, oh, this means a title shot in future. And then they went back to being talk show hosts. So, look, man, I'm not asking for a lot here. Just, can you just give me some kind of tag team title program? Is that, is that, is that fine, Jeremy? Can I get that at WrestleMania? Let's give you 25 matches on this card. Can I get a tag team? I told title I told you what the tag team. I know what you told. I don't want that one. I don't want that one. <laughs> I want I want one that I would like, Jeremy. Okay, I am asking for a little bit more now. I'm going to be honest, but I've waited long enough. You know. Yeah, that's my thing. I just want to know more about this trade. I know we've got a lot of scoopsters on our site, a lot of inside sources. Can we find out the situation here? Can we dig deep? Can we make something about this? Can we make a petition, perhaps? I'm just not sure what happened because I like Raw. I don't like SmackDown. I'd rather people I like be on the, the other show. You know, it's just me. I I wish they'd utilize this trade option more and just trade Bliss and and Cross back to to yeah. Raw for future consider maybe the future considerations was we could just get them back. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that would be an interesting. Right, they just made a mistake the next week. They're like traded them back. Yeah. Didn't fit in the rotation. Look, they had too people, many baby faces. Didn't fit. Some people could could use the, this trade option here uh, to get on a different show and, and get reset a little bit. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why it can't be fluid. I don't get why it has to be like a redraft every year. It should just be fluid trades for out, I think. I've so. always said, oh, yeah, they're going to do a draft after WrestleMania again, aren't they? I would assume. I oh. don't know for certain, but they've done it literally every year. So, <sighs> Yep, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Whatever. You're down on a moment of bliss. I just don't think it's good ever, and I want to like it. The thing is, I have to. It uh, used to be good. What, wasn't it good at one point? No. No. <laughs> okay. It was good. I'm telling you honestly. There was one segment with Bailey where, like, this is your some... life. No, 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 not that. There was a moment of bliss with Bailey last year where they spoke about like their history in NXT and stuff. I might be the only person that remembers this, but it was like a real segment where like they spoke like real people and stuff. It was amazing, and since then, 
Alexa just comes out and does like a, like a minute of opening dialogue and it just sits there while the guest does a promo. It's not. It's very bad. It's very, very bad. But the Bella Twins one is not a wrestling segment, is it? It's like a... I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Well, it's going to be a celebration of... A celebration, that's yeah. it, yes. Yeah, and we all cheer. We're all very happy. I haven't got any hot takes about the Bella Twins going in. I'm sure you haven't. We, we're smarter than that, right, Jeremy? So, I don't... Why are people upset about the Bella Twins oh, going in? I don't know. I got, a lot, I got in a lot of trouble once for saying that Nikki Bella was good in an article, so I'm not going to... Oh, you know. man. Yeah, exactly. It's, people get very upset about the Bella Twins. It's, it seems to be a sensitive subject for many people, but... Um, this this segment's going to be a real favourite with some people, right? <laughs> the moment of bliss announcing the Hall of Fame induction of the Bella Twins. So yeah, after it right, was already exclusively reported yeah. by the rapper Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. That's what's going to happen. But that's fair enough. That's how they do things now, I guess. But anyway, that's enough about a bad talk show segment. It hurts me to to do that kind of criticism. I like how you said that they talk like they were talking like real people for for that one episode. That is a problem, though, isn't it? Like we yeah. have to. It's the elephant in the room with WWE that, like, there's just, even, like, the really good promo, women, men, like, most of the time they still sound like totally false, unbelievable characters to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe NWA power has just ruined that kind of promo for me, but I think even, like, there's very few guys that you listen to and like, okay, that's that's a real person saying these real faults. <laughs> because Seth they're Rollins not. didn't come off as a real person during his sermon on Monday. Mm. I had that segment penciled in as a potential topic, and then I was like, nah, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Seth's good in that role, by the way. Like, it's not, you know, it's just that, it's that what you're saying. Like, the way they do things is, you know, it's a certain style. It's not not for everyone. and uh, But Seth is good at that. It's just he gets given a lot of stuff that's tough to execute, I feel. We're going to stick with uh, SmackDown here. There's a a big, big Saudi show next week, Joe. Big time. And this is sort of our de facto preview of it, but we're not running down this whole card. Goldberg is going to challenge The Fiend for the WWE Universal Championship, though. Where do you stand on Goldberg? Where do I stand on Goldberg? That's one of the most complex questions I've ever been asked <laughs> in my years. That's the questions around here. It is, right? Because, firstly, I think people definitely don't realise that it was three years ago that he did the whole Universal title run. People definitely don't understand or appreciate it when they like talk about him. They just book matches assuming that he's as good as he was then or he's as good as he was in 1998. I don't know where Goldberg is. He's, he's been the same wrestler since he was. Since Listen, man, I mean... I understand that fault, but that Undertaker match is etched in the brain, okay? Oh, as much as I had fun with it. Literally, I watched that yesterday. Good. Yes. I watch it I watch it four times a week, mostly. <laughs> That's one of the that that match, listen to me, okay. I understand if you're one of them people that was like concerned for them, you're a better person than me. <laughs> And I appreciate you as a human being, but for me personally, that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And I, and I mean that with all respect to them too, but once you sign up for that kind of match you know what you're getting into, right? And Undertaker's complete and utter disgust with what's taking place in that <laughs> ring is one of the best things I've ever seen. I, I've been... Ever ever since the match aired, however, it was like last year, wasn't it? 
it, it was the yeah. Super Showdown of last year, because then they did Crown Jewel. So yeah, it was around this time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Last year, April, whatever, last year. Ever since that match happened, I've been begging my friend, longtime wrestling fan, doesn't watch it so much nowadays. Um, I've been begging him to watch it. And for a whole year, he's like, no, 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 no. I finally got him to watch it, literally Wednesday night. And it, we watched it together, and it was just the most amazing. I forgot how special that match is. Yeah, They messed up. Bad. Every single move. The only moves they correctly performed were punches and clotheslines. Everything else was messed up in that match. See, going into that match, I was like, I was full on team, like Goldberg is awesome. So when it started, you know when he spears him super early in the match? I was like, okay. This, yeah, this they were is doing be... the Randy Orton Triple H tribute match. I was like, this is going to be, that reference has gone way past. I have no idea what you're talking about. But <laughs> I was like, this is going to be my kind of match. And then as it developed, you quickly began to realize that this is not going to end well. You know, like you could tell it was like the pace had somewhat changed. Something had gone wrong. And then Goldberg just does, he just does Goldberg things, man. He hits his head on stuff. I don't know. <laughs> this is what I mean. Like you ask me where I stand on him. It's like I legit get excited when he's going to wrestle. But the reasons I get excited are debatable at this point. Like I hold that, the Brock match, I legit loved that match. The WrestleMania match. match. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, I'm all for Goldberg fun, but I do think we perhaps need to face the reality that he's he's in fact getting older. And I have enough evidence to suggest, based on that one Undertaker match, that this could be this could be an all-time ugly sight, Jeremy. I mean, this could, this could be something else. I don't know about what you're thinking about it, but this could be the kind of match that lives in infamy, I feel. Dave, I, I hope they get five minutes that's all i want out of the look i'm excited for this match for all the wrong reasons because i think it is going to be a train like (laughs) name a good bray wyatt match that didn't involve daniel bryan i mean they exist but i yeah i can't but yeah (laughs) they're they're very rare they're, they're Especially, this be fair here. The 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 killer clown gimmick is a limo, right? That's changed. Yeah. That's made it worse. But yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, he's yeah. gonna take like 30 spears, 50 jackhammers, and he's still gonna kick out, and then he's gonna put the the claw on Goldberg and force him to pass out from the heat. Think, Goldberg's gonna think, be so so exhausted from the heat that he's yes. gonna pass out himself. That would be an incredible. That's how, that's how the fiend wins. After after twenty spears, Goldberg <laughs> just, just passes out. Yeah, he collapses from the beach. 
that's, that's terrible, but awesome. Do you think Bray will use his Looney Tunes hammer? I hope so. I, I hope they, they do all that wacky stuff. Like, that that's what I'm here for. Do you know what there's not enough talk about? And I mean this seriously. When this match happened, we all, we all agreed it was terrible. But four months later, people have forgot way too quick about that Hill and Head in the Cell match that Bray and Seth had. <laughs> I think that's one of the all-time funny matches, too. Like, everything about that match is funny to me. Like, the red light, the Looney Tunes hammer, the, the, the spot where Seth hit his finish like 25 times and the crowd was just booing him is one of my <laughs> favourite ever wrestling moments. It don't... That whole thing being the blow-off was amazing. It wasn't even the blow-off. They did another match in Saudi Arabia, but... Yeah, they actually... Okay, this... Didn't they use the hammer in that match? I think Seth actually used the hammer. Yeah, the, the hammer was a big part of that match, I feel. But, I mean, here's the big question. I know the time has gone, so that's when I was to save the big questions for. Has, um... Is there a chance Bill Goldberg leaves with the Universal title? Or Dota title, whichever one it is. I forget. Dota I, I, I think there's... It's the Universal title. Brock is the WWE champion. Um, okay. I think there's a good chance that it happens, oh, good chance. Yeah. Okay, so then who does he wrestle at WrestleMania in that scenario? I, I think they... Look, Roman is challenging for the Universal title at WrestleMania, whether it's it's Goldberg or, or Bray Wyatt. Uh, but but he's challenging. Here's my, my plan for... I, I, I do think Bray Wyatt wins on Thursday. Here Here's how this should happen. Bray Wyatt wins, Roman gets his title shot... Roman wins at WrestleMania, one Superman punch. That's it. Yeah, I feel like we're on the same... He Superman punches him right off the bat, and that's it. It it just shows that, like, everything that Bray Wyatt survived doesn't matter because the Superman punch is the strongest force in the WWE Universe. I will say, because we are being very mean, I will say that I thought Bray was great in the segment with Hogan last week. And I will say that, it's a rare compliment for me about this fiend kit, this fiend deal that I've totally lost interest in. But I will say that segment I thought was pretty good. The rest of it is not is not for me or you apparently. But yeah, uh, I don't like <laughs> the, fire, the Funhouse stuff. Is, is remember when Seth Rollins burned it down and then the it was just like... the absolute worst. That was death. That was the worst stuff. That, that when they do stuff like that, they totally misunderstand their own gimmicks. It is awful. It's terrible. I always thought it was like a. This is where there's no like rules within WWE's universe, so it's like I always just assumed or hoped that all like that was like a, a sort of an abstract thing in his own imagination or something, and we were just seeing it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like I didn't I didn't think it was like a room in the arena where you could just go in and be like, hey man, what's going on in here? Like what's yeah. what's happening? So what, like I just don't that stuff for me is when I check out. And the delivery and the execution of it all was very, very bad. Terrible TV, that whole feud was bad. <laughs> Terrible that's, my, stuff. that's my complaint as well. It's just like, all right, I'm going fiend hunting, and then next thing you know, he just shows up and he, he yeah, turns it's it. Like the room. Yeah, like we didn't get any story. Like he couldn't question Ro- Harper was still around at this time. He couldn't question Rowan and Harper of like, hey, where like where's this gimmick at? You know, he couldn't do any of that stuff. He just he just randomly found it. He just put GPS. Yeah. He put it in his phone, like Fire Five Funhouse, and it knew exactly where to think- take him. Like, compared to other promotions, WWE's biggest strength is that there's no limit to what they can do creatively, and it's also their biggest, like, weakness by far. Like, there's no rules, is there? Like, sometimes people talk in backstage segments, and we can see what they're saying, but they don't know we can see what they're saying. But then other times, they make it clear there's a hidden camera there. 
I have no idea which of these is the reality here. I have no clue, Jeremy. But they just do stuff depending on that segment, and we all agree with it and move on. That's the rules of WWE, right? That's just the way it works. So in that case, there was a room in which he put all his puppets there, he positioned them, he got his camera set up, and he, you know, that was the way it worked. I don't know. And then he does it the next week, and Seth didn't want to burn it down ever again. So, yeah, I don't know. That's how it worked, I guess. Hey, he burned it down and just rebuilt it, and then... That was the he end didn't of even it. need to rebuild it. I was in a different place next week. He just said, "I'll just take my stuff and I'll I'll do it next week." Set it up in a different place with a lock. You know, like there is no rules to this. They just do what they want, and that's fine. I accept it. I only question it now because we're talking about it on a podcast. Generally, I don't even think twice about it. But yeah, there's some weird stuff that goes on, guys, and we need to talk about it sometimes. All right. So I'm saying, let's move on to AEW, where they have a few more rules in their booking repertoire. Yeah. Yeah, a few. Uh, just general thoughts on Dynamite, which was another, I thought, great show on Wednesday. This, I think this was their best show, I think. Um, they're, they're hitting their, they're finding their groove, I think. I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? There's three things, central things on each week's show. You've got the Mox and Jericho thing. You've got MJF Cody, and you've got the Hangman Page sort of saga and everything that's going on with that. And all three of them are perfect right now. They're, they're, they're hitting the right notes. It's all going great. And generally, it seems as though they're using the right talent in the right spots for the last few weeks. I legitimately have no issue. I have no complaint about anything that I saw on last week's TV or this week's. I watched them both very close to each other because we didn't have a podcast last week. So I got a little bit loose with my wrestling viewing. I had to do some catching up this week. And I thought both were great shows, man. I really did the Cody main event. Uh, was awesome and it probably wasn't the best match even on that show so that should tell you how strong this week's episode was I think the only real complaint I've seen about people and or seen from people is it's a little predictable and I was going to say Luther sorry yes the lack of Luther is a complaint I have it's not something from I've seen from people like that's my personal complaint um but people people have said that that it's predictable like the the young bucks won the the battle royal obviously Omega and Jericho or Omega and Paige were gonna retain Cody winning the main event predictable and pushing the elite guys my thoughts on that is like those are your stars. Like I actually appreciate that these guys, cause they weren't treated like stars to, to start mm-hmm. with. Like they tried to like get everybody over. And yeah. by doing that, you get no one over. And that's kind mm-hmm. of a WWE issue right now. It's like, okay, Wardlow fine. Like, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to completely bury this guy on his first match, have him lose, but he's losing to Cody. Like whatever. Yeah, he, he made him look super strong. Right. Yeah, so it's exactly. Fine, yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't have an issue with that. There, that it's predictable is okay as long as it makes sense. And the majority of these stories make sense and and don't insult me. Um, I think AEW is is clicking on all cylinders right now. And Britt Baker is a better heel than MJF. See, I thought you was going to go a different direction when you said Britt Baker is a better heel than. I thought you was about to upset a lot of people on wrestling Twitter, but you did MJF which is an actual hot take, and uh, it's a bad take, but it's a take. It's a take. So I'm going to let Wait, you have who that have take. I, who, who would I have upset? There's a, a better heel than who? Listen, there's a certain woman's champ that shares oh. her that shares a nickname with Brit. 
Oh. Not as far as I'm going with it, Jeremy. I but don't watch SmackDown, okay? Good point. Okay. Um, <laughs> and if you'd have gone that way with it, I'd have just, I'd have just kept quiet. But you've, you've made me bring it up now, so I'm going to go no further. Britt Baker is doing awesome, right? This whole gimmick change has been a revelation for her. She went from being like, to me, one of the less interesting parts, least interesting, I guess, to being like one of my favorite parts of the show. And the dynamic with Tony is wonderful. It's, it's the best great. thing Tony's bringing to Dynamite. And I love Tony, but his whole demeanor, when, just to be honest with you, just when he's interviewing anyone, like when he was interviewing Nyla Rose this week, like his whole demeanor is just amazing, right? He's so, he's so pro wrestling, that guy. He's, he's facials, everything he does is awesome. I also think Jim Ross has been better. Is this just me? Am I just being kind? Dude, his, explain oh Chris Statlander's gimmick to me. And then Excalibur explains it. And then Jim Ross is like, that's enough of that. <laughs> what about last week when um, MJF was talking to Brandy on commentary and Jim just like, shut up! He started just shouting sharp in the middle of the broadcast and everyone else was just quiet. It was like, what? what was going on here? I thought that was awesome. I don't know. I think... The more Cody MJF Jericho mocks on the show, the better Jim is because he can he actually enjoys that stuff. It seems. Yes. During the battle royal this week, he seemed to be questioning a lot of decisions he'd made in his life. I felt, <laughs> you know, but I understand that was a lot going on there. Right? It was, but that was fun. It was about as fun as a tag battle royal can be, wasn't it? I thought it was anyway. Ah, oh, I do have to say, speaking of tag teams, um, the situation. I remember the last time we did a show, we spoke about. Santana and Ortiz. Santana did a promo about the eye for an eye, and we spoke about one eye for an eye matches, and the the answer was it's just a match, a wrestling match. But Santana's promo last week was amazing. Like, that faction, the inner circle faction, is super strong as far as talent right now, I feel. You know, and with yet, I guess Cobb is like a, he's like a fringe member. But it's in super... Santana and Ortiz and Sammy, you've got like three awesome pieces to build around, you know? It's super strong as far as like, talent and presentation they lose yeah. a lot like santana yeah. and ortiz both losing to to matt in the battle royal um guevara he beat dustin he earlier in the year yeah, yeah guevara they give him like a couple wins earlier in the year like oh they're turning the corner with him and then he just he keeps losing like cobb i understand losing to moxley because cobb isn't like a full-time guy um yeah but santana and ortiz i've been a little bit disappointed with with just how often they've kind of lost. Like, I thought they would come in and really be... Like, they kept them undefeated for a little while, and then they just yeah. gave them some random loss to, like, the Lucha Bros or the Best Friends or something, and it's like, oh, that's, okay. That is kind of the... That's the issue with probably their best thing about their roster is they have so many great tag teams. The issue is that they're not going to be... There's not one team I don't think they're going to build a whole division around. Because they can't. That makes sense, right? Like... You don't want to have a team where you just go, they're the chance for 10 months, they're going to beat everyone. It's like, man, there's so many good teams there. People want to see that whole thing move around. And I think that's going to be the difficulty in keeping that balance. Because I look at the Lucha Brothers. Like, look how great they are, man. <laughs> like, they could be tag chance forever and I wouldn't complain. But like in this division, it's like there's six teams waiting for their tag title. Right. So, I've I've completely so. lost interest in the Lucha Brothers on AEW. Whoa. I love Phoenix. I think Phoenix is great. Uh, Pentagon has, is booked to be kind of an idiot. Wow, that that's hot. That's a hot take. <laughs> I love Pentagon. I, I love, love that he turns the camera. He's, he turns he's... the camera every time to taunt. It's amazing. 
I thought he was great in Lucha. I really thought he was like the best wrestler in the entire universe in Lucha Underground. And in AEW, he's just like, all right, he's good, but there's something missing for me well, um, with him. I do think the going? tag division is is still that division where it's like they're trying to get everybody over a little bit. It's and, tough, yeah. And they're not like the only people getting over is the elite. And like, okay, those are your stars. Um, I I think by the middle of the year, we'll kind of start to see more guys rise to to that top of that division. Yeah. And really, all division where the elite take a step back a little bit. I mean, you also we got to remember here that. The reason they're doing what they're doing right now is because this Hangman Omega thing isn't long-term, right? So what that means is, from their perspective, is they can burn through Omega and Hangman versus any tag team because right. they're not going to have to worry in a year about being stale. They're not going to be a team in a year, most likely, right? Do you see what I'm saying? So it's like they're just stacking up tag matches for them to have because they have great tag matches. So uh, I'm very interested as to what they do at the pay-per-view with Hangman. I think that's my, one of my main interests in the pay-per-view. We'll, we'll preview the pay-per-view a little bit. Um, yeah, next don't week. get ahead of myself. Yeah. You know? oh, Omega is facing Pac in an Iron Man match next he week. Is. That's going to be something. Uh, Cody, so Cody, I love the cage match. I've said it many times. Like Cody is my favorite wrestler in AEW. Just everything he's doing is clicking with me. Uh, you, you mentioned that he bled. Were you, were you shocked that it took him so long to bleed in that cage match? Yeah, I thought he would have just done it on the way to the ring, prepared himself. <laughs> but it's awesome, right? It was great. It's so I I almost feel like I don't want to say the stuff I say about Cody. I don't want to do the thing where it's like Cody's such a throwback, but it's like he really is a throwback, right? <laughs> like I don't know, man. I've no I have no superlatives left for this dude and what he's achieving. He's so much better than I thought he was like two, three years ago. Yes, he's the perfect top baby face. Him and Moxley as a babyface, like, like one-two punch, is amazing for any promotion. Because they're not the same in any way, but they're both, like, you know, Cody's a better promo, but they're both guys that can cut great promos and they can have great matches. That And they've got star power. That is their, that may be their biggest strength. We talk about the tag team, but if you actually think about what they have there, they have two top babyfaces that can appeal to totally different audiences, but manage to appeal to everyone. Like, that's... That's strong, man. For it, I think sometimes we forget, and this is fair because you know they're on TV. We criticise them like anyone else, but they are still like an upstart company. Like this is crazy. How I sometimes look at their roster and I go, okay, there's not that. You know, some of these guys aren't TV ready, and it's like, man, they've got they're getting their they're top scene is pretty good for considering all of the circumstances, right? And Cody is the he's the crown jewel to me. You know, Saudi Arabia reference. He's the crown jewel, Jeremy, right? Like, he's he's so different to everyone else on the show. Pentagon and Phoenix versus Hangman and Kenny was like this wild match. And then comes Cody, man. He's going to do a cage match. And you're like, this is an 80s match. And then he does a moonsault off the top of the cage, which makes you terrified. He's doing everything. He's just he's perfect top babyface right now, I feel. There's no one better. I honestly don't think there's anyone better at that role in wrestling. Oh, I'm with you. I had Cody as my, I guess, wrestler of the year. Like, Match quality, okay, not as good as, especially last year where he, like, wrestled five matches the entire year. Had some good ones, though. Yeah, his his ratio was very good. Like, he had some, Mm -hmm. I mean, the match with Dustin was top two, top three for me match of the year. Yeah. Um, 
but just like his whole performance and presentation is, is completely tops for me. And yeah, I would never would have thought this two, three years ago when he was just in New Japan or Ring of Honor. Like it really felt like he was like playing wrestler. It, yeah, it took him a while, I think. But in AEW, yeah. like everything's clicking with him. It, it's, the whole thing is just it's an example of like how important creative is and presentation in the sense that I was never an Ambrose guy when he was in WWE. I never, I never really cared. I never, ever cared about Cody in WWE. Or in, as you said, Ring of Honor, I didn't care. And he's like, there I am, excited about Cody Rhodes versus Wardlow. Like, I have no idea why this happened, when it happened, but present guys a certain way, and eventually, like, it's pretty easy to be won over by pro wrestlers, right? Like, so many of these guys are great. It's just a matter of shining the light on them in the correct area. That's really what it is. And it's it's interesting. We talk about WWE, and it's like, and I don't like to do the constant comparisons, but it is interesting. We said earlier, Kevin and Seth, like neither of us are excited about a match, and it's like we got more fired up to see Cody wrestle a big muscly man in a cage, you know? But I don't know why. That's just the way it works. And we didn't. But that's where it's heading. We didn't know anything about Wardlow. He's just nothing. MJF's <laughs> right hand man. <laughs> It didn't in even fact, look that like even... when he was in the cage against Cody. He's like, this guy's not even that big. Like, exactly. the same size. Before this week, he was just in the suit. So it's like we didn't even know he was. We didn't even know how big this man was. And there I am. I'm excited. I'm getting sentimental as he walks through in Atlanta. It was like, I don't know how. It, there is a. It's the same thing as you know. We haven't spoken NWA this week, but it's like Nick Aldis. Like, imagine telling me I'd be fired up for Nick Aldis versus Tim Storm. Like, but if you present guys a certain way, you can quickly fool me and convince me that I care. And I'll, I'll care, man. I'm all in. I can't believe how much I enjoy Dynamite right now. I did not expect to. I've got to be honest. I was never a big... I've never, ever enjoyed like the Elite series on the YouTube. So I kind of didn't think it would be for me. I think the show's really good right now. Like, I really, really enjoy it. Real quickly, because we have one more topic to get to, but we, we've got to mention this. We have one more week of Dynamite until the, the pay-per-view. So this is our, our last show before the go-home Dynamite show. Do you think MJF calls upon what's left of the Nightmare Collective to, to go after Cody and now Brandy, who has... I mean, we, we were on hiatus while Brandy just completely turned her back on the Nightmare Collective. That was disrespectful, man. We're a family, right? We're all rooting for each other here. And then, you know, Cody gets beat up a couple of times and it's like, okay, she's out. Like, what? Well, we're all in this together, right? Uh, I'm, I was devastated. I was devastated. I think MJF knows what to do, though. He might be a little bit upset about what you said about Britt Baker, but I think he knows when you want a job done in all elite wrestling, there is one group, but there is, you know, if we're going to be specific about this, there's one man that will do the job. Yes. Um, quite literally and uh, <laughs> when I was watching Cody this week I thought and I've not said this about a wrestler Jeremy in 45 years I said he looks Japanese deathmatch ready <laughs> and when you say those words we know what you're referencing right we know we know where that's going I'd expect some seeds to be planted I wouldn't expect it to happen soon I think MJF next week will mention it we'll maybe get a little tease but I'd imagine by by their August pay-per-view, I'd imagine we'll be on the road to a Japanese deathmatch. That's sources say. You can take that as a confirmed <laughs> confirmed story. Run with it, Ringside News. I'm happy for you to take that one. I I think it's got to happen sooner or later. I, it it makes too much sense. I mean, Brandy just just left them 
out of nowhere, just was like Sean Ross Sapp's she hair left us. completely. She left us. Jeremy, she left yes, us. It's exactly. We're all together in this, man. We can't be. Come on, we're all in. We're all in, and now we have to be all out. You we, know what I'm saying? It's, we were part of the Nightmare Collective. We still are. We're not yes. turning our backs no, on forever on the Japanese Deathmatch legend and Mel and Awesome Kong. We're not leaving you guys. We're still here. Never. We're always going to be here. Always represent. You know, this podcast is in many ways the sponsor of, <laughs> of the Nightmare Collective, right? Like, by the way, there is actually a, an important topic. Not that this isn't important. It's very important. But I have just realized that John Cena is on SmackDown. Do you have anything to say about John Cena? Because I feel we should... right? We can talk about John Cena oh. next week. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's oh. not this week. John Cena's on next week, guys. <laughs> I'm excited for John Cena. I love John Cena. I thought he was this week. No, no. John Cena's next oh, week. Oh, I'm not watching SmackDown. Okay. <laughs> you gotta watch for a moment of bliss with the Bellas. Okay. I can watch that via, like, Twitter clip, right? <laughs> uh, last topic here, because it wouldn't be our podcast without some NBA talk. NBA All-Star Weekend was this past weekend. Um... Change the format of the game. Obviously, you had the dunk contest and the three-point contest. Joe, any thoughts on anything from NBA All-Star Weekend? The game was awesome. Right? That's, the, that's my only take. Can we, skills... can, can we, everyone collectively apologize to the point god, Chris Paul? Because he was the one who yes. came up with this idea. And yes. everyone buried him for it. And then it turned out to be the best All-Star game in history. Okay, but in absolute fairness, like... Shouldn't we have all just thought about it for a minute and think like, okay, this could actually be good? Because it quickly became clear to me as I was watching it, this was always a good idea, and we were all idiots for pretending it wasn't. I didn't understand. I was, I was watching it. I was thinking, okay, so now they have to play harder in the individual quarters, which kind of happened in the first three. Let's be honest, it wasn't like it wasn't helpful ever. But they played a little bit harder, especially in the last few minutes of each quarter. And then the fourth quarter thing was like one of the best quarters you'll watch. It was awesome, right? It was chaos. Kyle Lowry was taking over. charges. He was. Do you not think... Look, I like Kyle Lowry very much. Do you not think it was somewhat questionable what Mr. Nurse did down the stretch with the... Like, their, their final plays, I'm pretty sure, were posting up Siakam, which felt... I wasn't sure about that. You know, Lowry was in there the whole quarter. <laughs> I mean, they're... But, they're crunch time offense wasn't i didn't like their the the lineup they went with like you look at the star power and kind of the individual players on each side and this, this is no offense to the guys on team Giannis. like team Giannis, great kyle lowry very good player obviously an all-star like no one thinks of kyle lowry as like a top 10 top 15 guy you know what i mean yeah uh same with kimba another great player like probably not that guy siakam is like his second good season and then you got Embiid. Like, that's their, their crunch time lineup. You look at Team LeBron, it's LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Chris Paul. Like, those guys are unquestionably, yeah. like, top five guys, except for uh, LeBron. It, like, everyone else is top five. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sort of thing. But that was a problem in the draft, wasn't it? Like, when he picked Kemba and Trey Young as his starting guards, it was like... If it gets close, you're not going to have both of them on the floor. They had Kyle Lowry out there for defense, I assume. He was taking charge. He wasn't doing much on the other end at the end of the game. So I will say this, though, Jeremy. There was slight optimism for me in the sense that Embiid appeared to be their most co- capable closer at the end of the game. Now, granted, they didn't win the game. But when he needed to get to the line, he 
got to the line on pretty much every single possession he got the ball. Which, that filled me with some optimism, I'll be honest, because Giannis wasn't touching the ball down the stretch, which I thought was kind of hilarious, to be honest. You know, and he had that sweet move on Embiid, uh, on LeBron, Embiid did, so that filled me with some optimism. Am I allowed to have hope again, Jeremy? Can I do that? Sure, if you want to have a takeaway from an all-star game that didn't Thank mean you. anything. Listen, it meant it meant more than most of the games we've lost this year. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys still think... lost this game? I, I didn't lose anything. Ben Simmons was on Team LeBron. Okay, was he on Team LeBron? He was. Yeah. Okay. He had that putback dunk where he, he slipped afterwards, and I was pretty sure he broke his ankle for about <laughs> half a second, which was one of the more scary moments in my life. But uh, this game was awesome, though, right? Did it you see future dunk contest champion Chris Paul throw down the alley-oop? Uh, yeah, I did. I also see him throw legitimately about 10 alley-oops in the air in the second quarter of that game, where it was his only intention every time he got. How great is Chris Paul? Can we talk about Chris Paul for a minute? Sure. I know you want it, Jeremy. How great is he? He's is this, awesome. Is, isn't it fun that we all get to just enjoy Chris Paul? We all just... Everyone, uh, even the cynics, are like, man, how great is Chris Paul? That's fun, isn't it? We get, but we get that enjoyment, you know. Chris Paul very... did like the biggest baby face turn I've ever yeah, seen amazing. this season. It's great how like perception changes so quick too, right? Like he plays great for OKC, and then there was that big feature that came out that spoke about like how great of a leader he is. And I'm looking at this this feature, and then I go back to the tweet, and everyone's like, laugh. Everyone just all of a sudden, everyone that talks about, talks about Chris Paul is a massive fan. And I just remember thinking, man, last year, this would not have been treated the no. same way, right? Like, people hated that like, every time something was posted about Chris Paul, it was like, loser, injuries. You know, Brandon Ingram punched him in the spine. Uh, I love Chris Paul. He saved the All-Star The thing game. with Chris Paul is, like, people have never said anything bad about his game. Like, everyone no. loves Chris yeah. Paul's game. It's just... Yeah, he he chokes in the playoffs. He gets injured. Uh, he's a bad teammate. Like he, you know, he couldn't make it work with the the Lob City. Couldn't make it work with uh, James Harden. And then like this year, he's just completely dispelled the whole bad teammate stuff. Like he's still he's still a prick. I mean, the dude completely <laughs> pointed out that Carl Anthony Towns had his jersey untucked so they could get free free throws. That was awesome. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome. That turned that legitimately turned around the OKC season. Like they were not playing well before that and then that victory led to like them winning eight of their next ten or something. And they've been on a roll ever since that game. I'm so ready for you guys to make a run. I'm so all in. <laughs> I'm so ready for you guys to play Houston in round one. Is that possible, or is that totally off course? It's po- It's honestly, it's possible. It could be a three-six matchup. It could oh, potentially no. be a four-five. Three-six is more likely, but but four-five is it, it's on the table. But I wouldn't say it's all that likely. I mean, if that series happens, Chris Paul in the fourth quarter is definitely the best closer in that game this year. Oh, right? I. Look, I don't think this team's winning in the first round, no matter who no, they you play. Think, you think they're winning the finals, Jeremy. That's right. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Carry on. I don't think this team's winning in the first round. I I feel more confident against Houston than I would against any other team in, in the playoffs. Really? Wow. See, I love I... Houston. I, I actually love what Houston is doing with just this – 100% small ball take yeah. 53 63s a game like I think it's I think it's actually kind of genius because 
you know, why not? Um, like the math works out and the spells disaster for any team <laughs> in front of them. Um, in the playoffs, I just don't know if that's going to be as sustainable as it is. Like, you know, regular season, it works because you're playing inferior talent. Your teams don't have as much time to scout and everything. Playoffs, mm-hmm. you can really hunker down and see how to kind of stop that stuff. And like that, this has been the story essentially James Harden entire career like people have just kind of figured out all right this is what you have to do to him in the playoffs same with Russell Westbrook is you figure out how to play these guys in the playoffs and that's why they haven't had the success people think they should have oh I think Denver could be an interesting series for you guys Denver always beats us all like literally ever since Westbrook hit that uh game winning shot from half court where he set the triple double record I'm pretty sure OKC's never beaten Denver well, that changes my mind slightly. Okay, yeah. he sold their soul. Like Westbrook sold the the entire soul of the the franchise to hit that game winner on that night and have it be that, never to beat them again. Yeah, yeah, to just never beat them again. Well, no, I just think that seems to be interesting because Denver are a very interesting team in general, right? Because like you, what they're an excellent team, but no one seems to respect them as a playoff threat, which yeah. may just be super mean. In fact, I think it is actually very mean because last year, well, they lost in seven to Portland, right? Last year? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like they got, like, swept or bounced. They just, they lost to a very good team with experience that is not so good this year. Uh, I could see it being interesting. It'd be interesting to see Steve Adams trying to get physical with, with Jokic. I feel that could be fun. So I think that would be a, a decent matchup for you guys as underdogs, you know? I, I, I prefer... Houston especially yeah. Adams yeah. with you know everyone says James Harden great post defender all the numbers back it up like Steve, is, Steve Adams on him yeah <laughs> yeah you put Steven Adams on him okay I'll, I'll take my chances with James Harden banging with uh Steven Adams so he's good at it though I must say uh, he, he doesn't really get a lot of credit like from like the media guys he's always on Twitter put him on Twitter, on Twitter for a while now right you'll see like a 10 second clip of him holding up a center and it's like <laughs> look at this first team all defense the, James yeah the Hart. Rockets account loves the tweet that it's like the, literally the only defensive clip of James Harden they show is yeah. they do the little Spongebob meme they can't play defense and it's always like him defending in the post it's never like one-on-one defending or anything I love that the All-Star game uh, talk has just turned into <laughs> us previewing Oklahoma City's playoff hopes and talking about Chris Paul, as well as James Harden's post-defense. That's very distraction-esque, isn't yeah, it, really? Yeah, we're, we're on topic here. Look, this podcast started with a run-in by my mother-in-law, so... True, yeah, true. When you said a guest, I, I honestly, anyone could have been jumping in this Skype call, because I didn't know if it was an actual guest like standing next to you or it was coming in the call. I didn't know what was going on. I can't see anything either, so... Yeah, that was I fun. just turned around and she was there. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> never know what's going to happen. I'm a distraction, right? You never know. What's gonna happen. <laughs> we're yeah. working on some guests. I promise you we're working on some we guests. Are. Big we're, guests. Yes, very, very big guests. All right, Joe, anything else we, we need to hit before we wrap things up here? No, I do have some advertising to do, though, Jeremy. Okay. Um, next week is pay-per-view week. Yes, so we've got... The Saudi Arabia show, and we have the All Elite Wrestling show that I can't remember the name of right now. Revolution. Revolution, thank you very much. Next week, we're going to share the, the love on the feature front, okay? This is not confirmed or cleared, but this is my idea. <laughs> I will be doing a feature about a wrestler on the um, Super Showdown card and one on Revolution. So if you would like to suggest names, I'll tell you the front runners right now. Bill Goldberg could be getting a feature. 
Exciting. And Hangman Page could be getting a feature. Also exciting. But I am open to suggestions. This is the first AEW feature I've done. And uh, Bill Goldberg is a feature that I basically want to do just because I'm not sure I could pull it off. So <laughs> um, that's that's my advertising. Features are back next week. And yeah, that's that. The thing with the Goldberg feature is you could make it just like 300 words and be like, that's my yeah. tribute to Goldberg. It's a metaphor you know? to Goldberg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's symbolism. Get it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you right. just do that. If you do a Hangman Page feature, uh, please mention that he has a, a big dong because he he wanted that known when I interviewed him at Starcast. And I think on the latest Being the Elite, like they did the whole blackout gimmick, you know, from the waist below, and okay. the, the the blackout bar like went all the way to the floor. So. Okay, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I'm I consider myself pretty skilled at working like references in to written work. That could be a challenge for the, for me, <laughs> unless I just lash it on as a like, final paragraph on its own. Could do just, that. Just end it. Just just that's that's your yeah. closer. Like Andy has a big dong. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Maybe. No, listen. I again, I'm always open suggestions unless they're bad ones. So we'll see how it goes, bro. If you want to read Joe's features early, sign up to, to Fightful Select. Again, you get exclusive news there, extra audio, get sour graphs with Alex Pulowski where he just hates everything, um, Q&A sessions with, with Sean Ross Sapp, and early access to columns like, like Joe's columns, and I believe like the, uh, the AEW power rankings, which are up Big right time. now. As you listen to this, you can also... I hear there's a lot of inside stuff in this one. A lot of inside stuff. Listen, a lot of heat on on Jeff Cobb. Yeah, not sure if Jeff Cobb... One, look, this is is a spoiler for the column that you've already, hopefully, already read. Uh, Someone from AEW told me that Jeff Cobb, their response when I asked about, yeah, what do you think about Jeff Cobb? They said, this isn't PWG. That's all I'm saying. That... Jeff yeah. Cobb, after last night, he's got to realize he's in the big leagues with AEW. That post defense ain't going to hold up in no, the big leagues. not at all. <laughs> Man, that's big time. I didn't know that story was going to break, and that's going to be a big deal when that drops, right? Yep. Real, Woj real is going to retweet that. <laughs> Woj is going to retweet that. Oh, no, Phil. <laughs> real sports AEW power rankings up every thursday at 3 p.m eastern the distraction which you're listening to now up every thursday at 7 p.m eastern distraction thursdays i'm still trying to make that happen we'll be we'll be back next week with i have no idea when we're actually recording (laughs) next week uh yeah probably not thursday because of the the super showdown um pay-per-view that that'll be running while we would typically record at the very least, we will do a show on Friday for everyone. It's possible we do a special show with a special guest at, after the Super Showdown pay per view. So we will we'll figure we'll figure it out. And once I know more details, I will fill everybody in. Joe, where can the people follow you? Joe Holbert Five on Twitter, and I do have one thing to say because we never talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. If you are watching us talk about wrestling and you have not seen Suzuki vs. Moxley, yes. please go watch Suzuki vs. Moxley. That, is, that was the final piece of my journey to Moxley is awesome. That match was great. I just felt it needed to be mentioned because that match was so awesome. <laughs> I had to say something about it. And I, it feels like ages ago now. Right? 
that match was awesome, it. and it was yeah, cool. we we didn't have the show last week where mm-hmm. we, we could have talked about that. But yeah, that that was a that was another uh, strong card. I mean, New Japan, mm-hmm. it's always good wrestling. But Moxley and Suzuki was fantastic. It was. You can find me on Twitter at Jeremy Lambert eighty eight. Again, fightful.com. Thanks everybody for listening, and we will talk to you at some point next week. <laughs>